Hello, and welcome to the What the What podcast. It's the podcast where we tell you what's nerdy, what's popular culture, what's given us all the nostalgic feels, and what's there to geek out about, past, present, and future. It's all the what's in one place. That's Kyle Whitley, and I'm Ashley Brown. Awesome. Oh, wow. That totally freaked me out. I mean, come <laughs> on. Tora, you are number one. Spirit fingers. <laughs> yes, we got this. We are here. Oh, As you can tell if you're watching on Facebook Live, uh, Eric Creech is taking a break this week. Every once in a while we all need a break. I took one last time. That's right. So I'm starting I, to think that you guys brought me in so that you could you just finally take vacation. Well, it's cool. I mean, I support it. Well, we brought you in and then we realized, like, well, Ashby takes trips and vacations, so maybe we should start doing that. We've got enough people to rotate where it's not a single person <laughs> right. being like, so what were your favorite moments? <laughs> well, my favorite moments, back and forth. I mean, I think... I could do an episode like that, and if it ever comes down to it and you're both out of town, I'm going to do my best job of okay. faking it until I make it, but <laughs> we'll just do split personalities. It's Kyle and Kyle in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By himself. <laughs> I think I could do it. Like, I think <sighs> I could change my voice. I think the problem would be going back and forth and making sure you keep the right voice. That's right. That's per true. person. I hate when I get my personalities mixed up yes. in my mind. <laughs> if you ever watch the videos that I randomly post every right. once in a while. Yeah. I did a very long one that I never posted just because I kept confusing myself right, who right. I was and which it's character tough. I was. That's why I can't commit to accents. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't do accents mm-hmm. because I will halfway through I'll lose it and then like you've lost the whole bit. So. I try. Like I've tried some accents before and like I feel confident in it and then all of a sudden you're not focused anymore and then right. you just tail off into something else right. again. Yes. Or I randomly cut into accents. Because I think one of the ones I did post I randomly was like a southern man and then I was like Scottish or something. Like yes. a random just thing yes. just pop in. It's like, I'm not culturally aware enough, I don't think, to be, to use different accents. That's fair. I worked hard to try to, like, not be super Southern at some point in my life. Me too. Where, like, you were, I would focus on my words, and I was like, if you're going to be in a band. Yes. Yes. It's like, I don't want to be a Southern person, which, now that I'm older, I'm like, there's nothing wrong with, like, being in the, you know, the farmland and being Southern and having thick accents and stuff. Like, that's fine. But... I don't know. For me, it was, I had planned to move to Seattle. I was like, I'm going to move to Seattle okay. whenever I graduate. Okay. Or at some point, I planned to live there. Mine was New York. See? I was going to move to New York. Yeah. I was a big grunge fan in the music world, like, and so I was still like a decade behind. But I, I was, was going to be a journalist yeah. for like the New York Post or something. Yeah. I big didn't plans. have an idea other than just playing music. I, I didn't like, really know gonna... how I was going to get there. Yeah. yeah. I was <laughs> like, I'm just going to Seattle. Like, <laughs> right. I'm just going to move there. But I, I was nice. never coming back to Johnston County. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Here we are. Even when I moved to Cary, I was like, I'm still never going back. <laughs> I can. I was so convinced that whenever I did uh. move back, I kept my stuff in a storage unit in Cary for like close to two years. And denial. It was, Deep denial. Yes. And it was all worthless stuff. Like yes. stuff that I bought off right. of Craigslist or whatever else at the time. Right. And paid probably less than $500 for everything in that storage unit. Yeah. Yet, I probably play or paid well over $1,000 for all the fees to keep it all in there. It happens. It happens. And then had to rent a U-Haul truck and bring it to Kinley, and finally, here I am still. That's right. That's right. But, anyway. You know, for those of you who don't know, this podcast is based in North Carolina. Surprise. That's what we're talking about. Good old North Carolina. That's in the United States. For those of you that are like in a whole other country. For those of you who are really out of touch. Yes. North Carolina is a state. It's a state. In the United States. In the United States. Mm -hmm. It's a great place to visit. Mm -hmm. Sixth most visited state in the U.S. Yes. Let's hear some facts. And the coast. Tell us. Home to legends such as Ava Gardner Mm -hmm. and Andy Griffith Mm -hmm. and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. 
I just feel like we should do an episode with you where you just talk about North Carolina. Where I just talk about my job, yeah. basically. And my job is to talk about North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And you can just, like, go off on it. Yeah. With facts that Eric yeah. and I were just like, oh, we would throw things out there. Like, I don't I don't even know. State motto is Essequam Videri. Did not know that. Which I think means to be more than to seem. I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I could have just made that up. Did you know, though, that the state of North Carolina has, you know how, like, you have a state bird and a mm-hmm. state seal and a state tree? Mm-hmm. We have a state toast. What's our toast? I don't know. Oh. I can't remember the whole thing. I like, want to know now. You Like, you can memorize the whole thing, mm-hmm. but I, I have not memorized the whole thing. I just know that we have an official state toast. So, lots of interesting things about I don't North know Carolina. That I knew it because is it cardinal? Is that our bird? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The cardinal, the dogwood is the flower, mm-hmm. the longleaf pine, I think, is the tree. But... I have tons of those in my house. I never want mm. to see another one again. That's great that they're That's part of our state. That's but... fair. Well, they're native, so, yeah. I'm moving to pine level. Where I have no pines. It's just one flat land. Right, that's why it's hope. called pine level because yes. they leveled all the pines. Yes, that makes sense. <laughs> to make another furniture. North, another North Carolina for fact. pine level hardware. Yes. Hardware furniture. They've been around that long. That's why it's on the price of your side because it was made that's straight right. from. That's right. What? Oh, Ryan <laughs> is talking about parts of my job that Oh. <clears throat> I send out press releases and stuff for like some of our tourism partners. Mm. So, which good news uh, for those who you know live in the state of North Carolina, the governor has allowed museums to open back up. That's true. So, um, obviously, with caveats, as all things have opened back up, but you know that means that the Ava Gardner Museum will be back open in Smithfield soon. The Tobacco Farm Life Museum in Kinley will be open. Um, I think in the next few weeks. So, um, I've never been to yeah. the Ava Gardner Museum. Is it good? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I've it's walked so, past it because the music store used to be there. So I used to hang out there in college. But I never um, went into the museum. I also haven't... Um, haven't So, like, before I got the job in tourism for Johnston County, even though I've lived in Johnston County my whole life, mm-hmm. and I knew about Ava Garner, but, you know, I'd never been to the museum. And I would recommend that if you have lived in the area and it's just one of those things that you've sort of, like, known about, mm-hmm. known about in the back corner of your mind and you've never been definitely 100% go because it is like she is so much more than just a Hollywood star like there's so many facets to her she was such an interesting person she's definitely a Johnston County native um, in the best way and there there's just so it's so interesting and even if you're not a huge Ava Gardner fan, but mm-hmm. you're a fan of that era of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. There's so many things there, you know, from and about her peers. So letters between her and Grace Kelly and things about her friendship with Gregory Peck and her marriage with Frank Sinatra and her friendship with Lena Horne. I mean, just like really interesting, really interesting things. Well, that's so. like a what the what field trip. Yeah. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, Ava Gardner is pop culture. Mm-hmm. So. And you could be our tour guide. Just walk yes. us through. Yes. Maybe we yes, can dress can. like the era. So me and mm-hmm. Eric will get dressed up too. Mm-hmm. We can do that. And then we'll come to my job and I'll tell you about air filters and yes. how they make air clean. There you go. Which has been nuts lately. So Yes. And uh, you know, a little teaser. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not been announced yet, but uh, very soon I will be sending out a press release on something that the Ava Gardner Museum is gonna be doing very soon. So you heard it here first. Folks. That'll be exciting. Breaking yeah. news. Something's coming 
to the Ava Gardner Museum. Yeah. Something. We can't yeah. talk about it. We gotta wait for the press release for Mashburn. That's right. Well, I mean, yeah, it's 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 tangentially related to the museum. It's more about Ava herself, but anyway. Amazing. Mystery, things. suspense. <laughs> now we gotta find out. Eric okay. missed out too. Eric's not gonna know. That's until right. He's not gonna know. Eric's still gonna edit the podcast, so he'll okay. be finding out sometime okay. this weekend that yes. like he'll be like what some mystery's coming, <laughs> and he's like, why did you spend ten minutes oh, talking man. about your jobs and Ava Gardner? And everything else. Because but. we could. You know, we want people who don't know us to get to know us mm-hmm. through the podcast. We yes. don't just want to be, you know, faceless voices that talk about pop culture. We want to be real mm-hmm. people. I try to do that in my job. Like, we sell air filters and I sit at a desk all day. But my office is very random mm-hmm. where I have a giant, like, wall of mugs behind me because okay. I collect mugs. Right. I like it. I have a poster of Robin Williams in my office. I have Nightwing. And Michelangelo posters in my office. Batman Ninja Turtles in there. I have action figures in my office. It's a very wild office. And then I always keep a Nerf gun like tucked away. Because you never know when you're going to need it. Right. So, every once in a while I have Nerf battle fights. So, my job's not so much about telling you about air filters or enjoying it. Mine's just trying to make the job uh, bearable for everybody else. Okay. Bring some personality okay. in there. I like it. And sometimes I'm not great at that. Sometimes they come back around and they're like, they have to bring that out of me. Right, I'm just, right. Having a day, and I'm just tucked away in my office and won't leave. I mean, not everyone can be 100% all the time. No. You know what I'm saying? No, but you know who can be? You know who has spirit? Cheerleaders. Cheerleaders. <laughs> That's how we bring yes! it back. Woo! What are we talking about this week? Okay, so thanks for joining us. Whether you're a part of this cheerocracy or maybe more of a cheer-tater, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And of course, rate and review us five stars only. Please also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at What the What Media. All one word. And find us on Twitter at WTW underscore media. Please share with your friends if you enjoyed today's episode or any one of the 62, I believe, other What the What episodes that we have available in the archives. Last time on the podcast, we had a mostly positive discussion about Thor the Dark World as we hit what was arguably a low note in our journey through the MCU. But fear not, because we're bringing the spirit levels back up in a big way this week. On today's episode, we're taking a... Deep dive! Into Bring It On, which celebrates its 20th anniversary this year, so let's all feel old together. That's true. Here's your spoiler warning for today's episode. We will be doing a... Uh, we will be going deep into Bring It On. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen this movie, make sure to check it out first if you don't want to be spoiled. So, typically, Ashby jumps in and does a recap out mm-hmm. of mind or either off some notes that she's really done a great job at. This time, we're just going straight from IMDb. Yeah, straight from IMDb. We figured they know what they're doing. Not gonna lie. They took notes. They decided to tell us about this movie. So, I'm gonna do my best chance of reading this really fast you can do it so i imagine i'm gonna get tongue-tied i'll probably say some words that aren't even here so yep. don't check imdb and see if i read it word for word it's probably wrong but let's see if we can do this five four three two one Torrance Shipman anxiously dreams about her first ever senior year. Her boyfriend, Aaron, has left for college and her cheerleading squad, the Taurus, is aiming for a sixth consecutive national title. Team Captain Big Red is graduating and Torrance is elected to take her place. Shortly after the election, however, a team member is injured and can no longer compete. <gasps> Time out. <coughs> Excuse yeah. me. 
Here we go. Torrance replaces her with Missy Patone, an ill-tempered tomboy gymnast who recently transferred to school for with her twin brother, Cliff. Torrance and Cliff develop a flirtatious relationship after watching the tour's practice. Missy realizes that the squad has been copying routines from a rival team that her previous high school competed against. She drives Torrance to Los Angeles, where they watch these Compton Clovers perform routines that are virtually identical to their own team. Isis, or Isis, the Clovers... Isis. Isis. Isis? Isis. Yes. Isis. Not like, the terrorist group. No, no, no. Like, I the, saw, like, like the flower. Time to, like, time out. Here. I was watching, like, a recap, and they wouldn't even say it, like, on the thing, because they were afraid that YouTube was going to flag them and, oh, like, take it down. And so that's why it made me question as I came over it. So, Isis, mm-hmm. the Clover's team captain, angrily, angrily confronts the two. Torrance learns a big red regular attended the Clover's practices and videotaped and stole the routines. Isis informs Torrance of her plans to defeat the Toros at the regional and national championships, which the team has never attended due to the economic hardship. The Torrance tells the Toros about their routines. The team still votes for favor using the current routine to win. Torrance reluctantly agrees as the Toros' next home game. Isis and her teammates show up and perform Toros' routine in front of the whole school, humiliating them. Humiliating them. <laughs> the Toros realize that they have no choice but to learn different routine. In desperation, the, they employ a professional choreographer named Sparky Palastri. 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 Sure. I've heard it both ways. I've heard it both ways. Which was suggested by Torrance's boyfriend, Aaron. At the regionals, the team set to play before the Torres performs the exact routine they had been practicing. The Torres have no choice to perform the very same routine. After the debacle that ensues, Torrance speaks to the competition official and is told that the routine was given to several other teams in California. As the defending champions, the Torres are nevertheless granted their place in the finals, but Torrance is warned that a new t- routine will be expected. Torrance, crushed by her failure to lead the team successfully, considers quitting. Cliff encourages and supports her intensifying their growing attraction. Aaron, however, suggests that she is not leadership material and recommends that she step down from the position. When Cliff sees Torrance and Aaron together, angrily severs his friendship with Torrance. Although distressed, Torrance's, Torrance's considered confidence is renewed by Cliff's encouragement and she convinces her unhappy team to create an innovative and new routine instead. She breaks up with Aaron, realizing his infidelity and inability to be supportive, but Cliff still refuses to forgive her. Meanwhile, the Clovers are initially unable to compete at Nationals due to financial problems that prompts Torrance to get her dad's company to sponsor the Clovers, but Isis rejects the money and gets her team to Nationals by appealing to a talk show host who grew up in the area. In the finals, the Toros take second place while the Clovers win. However, at the end of the movie, Torrance and Isis find some respect in each other, and Cliff and Torrance share a romantic kiss. Boom! That's it. Nice! Stuttered through it. Nice! through it. But Thank honestly, you, IMDb. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, IMDb. I would say you did a pretty good job. You put some words in there that caught me up. But overall, good job. So whatever, I, we didn't even have a name from whoever works at IMDb to give you credit. But thanks. So this movie starts off with a cheer. That's actually pretty fitting for this movie to kind of give you a heads up about things. But uh, it tells you all about the cheering. It kind of goes a little overboard in the, the funny sense to kind of grab you at first. But by the end of it, Torrance realizes that she is naked or becomes naked yes, in this. Yes, yes. Turns out it's Plot a dream. Twist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a uh, dream sequence, which made me think, have you ever had a dream like that? Not to say I had to be naked, but like a dream about work or school that seems so real that you were there. Yes. So I have two examples of this. Okay. I feel like everyone's had the like, naked in front of the whole class mm-hmm. dream and that I feel like that's maybe like an anxiety dream mm-hmm. but I don't if I've ever had that I don't remember it mm-hmm. but I did have two dreams um that were sort of very similar so mm-hmm. I used to 
So one one is like, have you ever had an anxious dream? And one and a recurring dream. Mm-hmm. And one is like, have you ever has it ever happened to you that like you were dreaming something that you thought was so real? So I used mm-hmm. to have dreams in high school where I would be dreaming whatever, mm-hmm. and then I would wake up. And I would get ready for school, mm-hmm. and I would go to school, and I would get to school and just think, like, something isn't right. And then my alarm would go off, Aww. and I would wake up. And it was, it happened multiple times, and it was the trippiest. It's so, it's so weird. It's so mm-hmm. weird. And there's actually, it made me think of it recently, because I've been binge, like, rewatching Teen Wolf. Mm-hmm. And there's an episode where Styles is having night terrors, and he thinks... Like, he keeps waking up out of a dream into another dream, and mm-hmm. he thinks he's awake, and then he's not, and he thinks he's awake, and then he's mm-hmm. not, and it's terrifying. I'm sure. And there's a there's a part where you think, okay, he's finally awake, mm-hmm. and he gets to school, and he starts telling Scott about these terrifying night terrors he's having, mm-hmm. and Scott's like, um, like, well, what's, you know... Like what are what is so terrifying? And he's like, I don't know if I'm awake. Like I don't even know if I'm awake right now. Yeah. You know. And I was like, <laughs> it gave me shivers because I've had that experience. Um, but the second thing was, I used to have a recurring dream as a kid that I would wake up and my entire room was filled with pieces of paper, and I knew that I had to sign every piece oh, of paper goodness. before my parents woke up or I'd get in trouble. And so I would just start making my way through these stacks and stacks and stacks around my room, just signing, 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 thinking like I was never going to get it done. I was going to get in so much trouble. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a recurring dream for me. And I think it just, like, it happened every time I felt anxious in my life. But I haven't had it in How years. often do you have to, like, sign papers now in your job? Not Ever? that often, thankfully. That's good. Like, I so, imagine you right, having those dreams again. You just get shaky. I'm like, yeah. I got to do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Christy Harkins or Wheeler joined in on Facebook said she's never had that dream. I feel like I've had a couple. More so now that I work. I'm sure I've had some like about high school. I know I had some. But I know I've had one before where I dreamed that I forgot to put pants on. Okay. Like I had my underwear on, like my boxers or whatever. But like I didn't, I was already in the parking lot walking in when I noticed that I didn't have pants on. Um, she said, Ashby, that paper dream, what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know, I was, I was an anxious kid. I don't know what it means. That's why I was wondering if you like sign stuff now and see if it was all leading you to here. But no, no, I don't know. I don't know. But I think in the dream that I just owned it, where I was mm-hmm. like, I sit at a desk. Nobody's right. going to know. Right, no one's going to know. So I just went in and on. worked. It's fine. <laughs> I know I've had other times where like I woke up and it was very real that I forgot to go to work. Okay. But I had something else I had to do. Okay. And I kept telling myself, I need to text Roy Jr. and let him know I can't right. make it or I'm running right. late. And then always, like, stuff will happen and, like, I'll be, it'll be, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon and be like, you never texted him. You're going to lose your job. And so, like, right. it's horrible things. I've had other dreams that are just random. I think we could probably do an entire episode right. on just, of like what's your dreams? random dreams yeah. that you've had? Yeah. I know one time, it's not even a dream, but, like, I woke up, I was young, I still lived in my parents' house, but I feel like I was at least middle school age, maybe a little bit older. But... I had a dream, like, I was dreaming something that I fell and I broke my back or something, like, okay. where I couldn't move, and I woke up and I couldn't sit up anymore. Oh, like, my God. Like, I tried my best. I was, like, forcing myself trying to sit right. up, and it would not bend. And I you was know what's like, crazy about that is Christy just said, mm-hmm. uh, y'all, I would dream I was running across the road from a car, and I would run, and my legs, like, would, like, I would run my legs down to nubs, mm-hmm. and then wake up. <laughs> 
let's see. And as a child, I had a recurring dream that a bulldog smoking a cigar lived under my bed. Don't know what that means, though. I just feel like dreams are so crazy. I feel like, I mean, I know there's a book we should, like, look up. And right. What does these right. mean? Yeah, because it's pretty, like, in the movie, it's supposed to be her being anxious about getting selected to be cheer captain. Yes. And I feel like dreams sometimes do, like, sort of play out anxieties we have as mm. kids. But, like, it's crazy. Um, Belinda Davis said, I always dream I have to go back to work at McDonald's. <laughs> Belinda's my neighbor. She actually grew up with Ricky. They worked at McDonald's uh, together. So, I have, I mean, I have dreams about stuff that I, like, Sometimes that I dread having to do again, like work in the restaurant mm-hmm. industry. So I feel you there, Belinda. Yeah. But also, like, um, when I was coming out of grad school, so like school was 100% going to be mm-hmm. over for me. I was going to be in the real adult world. Mm-hmm. And it was very, like, I wasn't openly nervous or anxious about it because, like, I had a career. I was, mm-hmm. I was moving back to Asheville. Like, I had a plan. Um, but that first year of, of having a job and, like, being out of school, not being a full-time student anymore, I had a lot of really vivid dreams about playing high school varsity soccer again. Hmm. And, like, being on the field with those girls like Christy. Mm -hmm. And just, it, and it was so real. And it wasn't, it was like my brain was replaying games Mm -hmm. that we had won. Mm -hmm. Like, the time that we won against, I think it was North Lenore, um, and we were definitely the underdogs in that game. And mm-hmm. so, like, it's so weird how your brain just does stuff like that without your permission. It was I know. I've, I've done the same with shows and stuff where it's like mm-hmm. I was playing with friends that I haven't seen in, in, like, years at this point. But I was playing shows with them. And it's so weird because you wake up full of that emotion still. Right. Where you're like, man, I want to do this again. And it's like, nah, right. not. <laughs> no, it's like, not a good idea. <laughs> like, it probably wouldn't work at this point. But, like, still. <sighs> Back to the one that... Yes, Christy, you were yelling. She was always yelling at me. I was terrified of her. I can see that. Oh, my gosh. If I didn't do something on the field correctly, she Mm -hmm. would just get so angry at me. Usually, your dad was there yelling. Also that, yes. I was about to say, I remember your dad yelling at sports. And he did not just... He was the parent that didn't stop at just his own child. He would yell at every person on the field. He yelled at me a couple of times. The one year that we had, like, guys and girls play soccer together. Yeah, yeah, middle school. I'd only played soccer one time ever before, and I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I remember I, pl- I was playing because I was trying to get in shape for basketball, and Coach Bone coached both. Mm-hmm. And so your yep. dad was like yelling, and I'm like, I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> Please stop yelling at me. I'm just trying to kick a I'm ball. I'm just here to get in shape. <laughs> yes. So, but the dream oh, I did man. have where I thought I had broke my back, and I woke up and I couldn't sit up. Turns out I was laying on my stomach. Oh, okay. And so, like, I you was trying to sit up. You were just sort of, like, trying to plank? Well, I was trying to sit, so I was laying on my stomach, oh, so folding inward, and so that's what I was just happy. kind of doing the worm. Yes, just... like I was trying to wake up, but my brain wasn't fully there oh, to realize, man. like you're on your stomach. That's but, like, great. Trying to move. That's great. And honestly. obviously, the bed's not going to fold, so uh, that's what happened. But anyway, okay, so away from dreams. I adopted Eric's method of like ten questions mm-hmm. that we've done with movies because I thought that you know mm-hmm. it would be so, sort of similar. Yeah. So we start with, did you like this film? You go on, you want me to go? You can go first. Uh, I did. Um, now going back and seeing stuff again, like there's definitely some things that don't hold up. Right. Uh, things that you wouldn't even want to repeat probably now. Like, nope. you know, all these years later, but not to saying it was right then, but just in the time period and just what it was, I feel like too, we mentioned a little bit earlier, but we both, you know, 2000 is when this movie came out. That was part of my seventh grade, part of my eighth grade year. 
So for me, I just was becoming a teenager. I just was starting to watch movies that weren't kids' movies all the time. Right. Like, I still watched whatever, but a lot of movies like this were coming out. A lot of the teenage, like, comedy-type movies were coming out. And so for me, that was a just direct hit for me to watch all right. of these style of movies. Um, and so I remember this one. The same way, like, I never was a cheerleader. Uh, but I remember watching this and it making me appreciate cheerleading more than mm-hmm. what I had done before. How about you? So, just for people who aren't on the Facebook Live, um, I'm wearing my cheerleading mm-hmm. ribbon. It's my hair bow that my mother made me. That's awesome. Um, it's green and white, and it's when I was a, like a peewee cheerleader for the rec football team for the Pine Level Hornets. Um, and I did that like early days, elementary school basically. And when I got to middle school, I tried out for the cheer squad, and it was probably, I don't really remember it. I blocked it from my memory. I was about to say, buried it deep down. Um, I did not make the cut, but to be fair, it was probably one of the most lackluster tryouts because Mm. I knew, like, it was all the wrong reasons, you Mm. know? Like, I knew it would make me popular. I knew that guys liked to date cheerleaders, which I'd probably gotten from these movies that I watched. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, okay, here we go. I'm going to be a cheerleader. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not cheerleading material. And I thought I would be a shoe-in because I had done elementary levels of cheerleading. Mm -hmm. It was not. It was not the same. And um, middle school is also not a great time to put on skimpy outfits. Like for some girls, bless them, they can do it. Mm -hmm. They look great. You should be able to do it whether or not people think you look great as long as you feel great. Like, Mm -hmm. this is not... I don't want to, you know, get into, like, a a body image situation. Um, I am super pro whatever Mm -hmm. you want your body image to be. But my body image going into middle school was not great. So that was not a great time to be like, here, put on this tiny skirt and this, like, sleeveless tight top Mm -hmm. and then, like, jump. And so it did not. It did not go well for me. That's a big transition period, Thus ended my cheer career. Yeah. Like, sixth grade. (laughs) It's fun to go back and look at yearbooks because there's a giant difference between sixth grade and seventh grade for most people. Yes. Where you don't look the same at all. There's, like, a barely small resemblance. But it's where you transfer, you know, from this for me this little round fat ball of a kid to actually having a chin line in the sense right, because you start so like your body starts growing out. quickly and so mm-hmm. you literally start stretching out mm-hmm. so yeah it was it was interesting but anyway I, so i did like this movie mm-hmm. um and i i'm gonna go ahead and say this at the top uh i feel like you can i must be forgiven for watching this movie in 2000 um, and thinking, well, it's just a cheerleading movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was probably one of those people. I don't remember watching this for the first time. I know time. I saw it, but I can't tell you when I saw it. I know it. I've seen it multiple times, mm-hmm. but I don't, I cannot remember. It's like my first time taking in Bring It On, but I'm sure I was like, oh, it's this teen cheer movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like if you're watching this movie in 2020 and you still think it's just a dumb cheerleading movie, then you're not paying attention, That's like true. at all. Um, and I, I know we'll get into specifics later, but I, I really actually enjoyed rewatching it more than I expected. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that was my take on it. I'll be honest. I was going to say this before we started. And I said, well, I'll save it until we get going. Uh, our landlord's coming tomorrow with a realtor to look at the house. like Because once we move out, they're going to sell it. But well, we haven't even started the process of getting our house. And honestly, we kind of put off some things. So every night this week has been a crazy clean and fix things and do all sorts of stuff before they arrive tomorrow 
And my plan was last night was to go to bed at a decent time and wake up at like three or four in the morning today and watch Bring It On. <laughs> and I actually like yesterday as I planned this out, I was super excited. Right. I was like, I'm going like get a shower and be ready for uh-huh. work. But then I'm just gonna sit and Cup it's like, of coffee. I'm gonna have my coffee. Bring I was it like, on. It's like yeah. we have eggs. I was like, man, we don't have like any sausage or bacon. I was like, but it'll be okay. Right. I get home and Erica's like brought some bought some bread for like sandwiches or whatever for dinner. Mm-hmm. I was like, now I can have like cheese toast in right. the morning yeah. too. Great. I was super excited. Perfect. And the closer to like eleven, I knew that I was pretty much done, mm-hmm. and I knew it was gonna be really hard to wake up the next morning. So right. what I did was I was like, I'm gonna watch it tonight. Okay. And I ended up instead scouring YouTube and watching a billion different scenes and clips and reviews and things to kind of freshen me more than starting a movie and renting it and knowing I wouldn't make it through it. Because I even thought the same way. Like, if I wake up early, Uh I'm probably going to, like, slowly get through the house. It's not going to be some cheerful me dancing down the hall getting breakfast ready. Right. And I'm going to miss half of it one or the other. So, I didn't fully rewatch it, but I will say I know at least within the last year or two I've watched it again. Because it's something as it comes on TV or if it's just one of those movies... Um, same way I talked about earlier, there's a big kick from a lot of those 90 slash 2000 movies that come out, like teenage movies, that Netflix or every once in a while would like come back around with a full wave of them and they're right, all there. Right, So I'd end up just watching all of them for a nostalgic type feel and so I know Bring It On was one of them. But either way, I feel like I remember it well enough to comment on it. Right. So, so then the second question would be how does this movie compare to other like teen sports movies of the time? Um, I wasn't even sure what to compare it to. I feel like it just sort of stands alone. And that that's not like a comment on like that it's class, sure. like a class, yeah, yeah. you know, like a class to itself or something. Like it's not about quality. I just feel like there weren't, there wasn't, other than maybe love and basketball, mm-hmm. like the 2000s, we had Remember the Titans, The that's Replacements. True. And then in 2001, we had Save the Last Dance, which also ended up being kind of a pop culture phenomenon. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just don't think anything like Bring It On was happening at the turn of the century, which makes me sound so old. But it was it the turn of the century. But <laughs> it's one of those things, because I automatically go back to the sports movies of the 90s, but a lot right. of those are more so a younger age. They're right. like, maybe they get there at Mighty Ducks about the third one right. know, or, or that age but it's not or what a was similar the type of movie with the soccer kids the big green, the big green. or something and the like, same way like, they're right it's just not the it's same it's not the same like they don't really take in real world issues into it right not to say this is a very right like it's a, still a comedy movie right you know, you know right. in the essence but they do conquer and talk about some big things they so. do I mean surprisingly mm-hmm. I mean they're they're pretty I mean that's why I feel like if you're watching it in 2020 like it's unescapable. Like they they don't hide it. I mean they're no. they're dealing with some big issues. Um, well, I even think too like back to that age because it was middle school. Mm-hmm. As kids, you know, if, either if you were dating somebody or even if you weren't dating somebody, like your weekend plans were either going to interskate and skating right. or going to the house theater and going to movies. Right. For yep. the most part, that like, was it. And so that's why I feel like maybe I even saw this in theater. I couldn't tell you. Right. But I know, like, at that age and in that time period, I really didn't right. come out, like, even seeing it, I probably didn't notice right. some of the in-depth things. And honestly, right. the world we lived in then was very different. Um, not saying that's right or wrong or whatever, but it was just very different in the society we lived in. Things that are said back then is more things that, honestly, I probably would have said, like, right. in middle school. Oh, like, yeah, definitely. And, but 
the watching it now, it's like, no, it couldn't right. be but, yeah. but at the same time, it doesn't take away from how good the movie is conquering those other things and taking right. on some serious topics in it. Yeah, so. and that's, so that's the one place I thought maybe it was a little different as far as comparison, because if you think about the other sports movies at the time, they were dealing with some of those issues, but they were dealing with them as a period piece. Like, remember, mm-hmm. the Titans is a period piece. This yeah. was the only, like, modern sports movie that was tackling those issues really, that makes of its time. Because I was singing Remember the Titans out of all the other ones, especially once you mentioned them. I was like, well, they do talk about a lot of things, but you're right. It's right. not the same time period. Right. Yeah. So... Um, so what are some of your favorite scenes? Um, I love just the character Missy. I just yeah. love her in general. Yes. Um, especially at that point, I was skateboarding, getting into playing music and everything else. I was the little angstier type of kid. Um, and so anyway, I was just attracted to people like that. Uh, so as she came on the screen, I'm like, yes, this is why I'm here. Right. Like, yeah. You're the type of person that I want to cheer for. Uh, and so I don't know. I love her tryout. So that's one of the main things when you first kind of mm-hmm. see her. Get to know more about her shows off a lot of the just different character traits between the rest of the cheer squad and talks about them and mm-hmm. then her in a different but then to show off her like skills as well. She's not somebody that just came in to some angry lady that's like, I'm gonna be on the cheerleading team. She's like, actually right. I don't really care to be here, but this is like the only right. option I've got. And so to show off the skill because honestly, thinking about it, we didn't really see much of that type of stuff up until this point in the movie. Right. Because so far, it's just been your basic cheer stuff. We haven't seen anything big like this anyway. I don't feel like, not you know, at least showing off a lot of skill like that. So right. It even confuses me, though, because they're like, do this, 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 like all these, starts mm-hmm. listing all these mm-hmm. gymnast moves. And I'm like, I heard round off, and that's about all I got. Yeah, like round off, step, step out. Step out. I heard a lot of step outs, and I was like, there's no way I could remember that. Yeah, and then like back handspring, step out. So, mm-hmm. and if you, like, if you pay attention, she does mm-hmm. all of that. So, a step out is when instead of going from, like, backspring to backspring to, you know, mm-hmm. you you do, like, um, a backspring, you take a step, then mm-hmm. you go into another backspring or, like, a forward spring or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it lengthens your, and it also gives you a second to, like, center yourself mm-hmm. so you don't get dizzy. Um, and so that's what a step out is. And it was just really interesting. Um, and I, I don't, I didn't even bother to look to see if Eliza Dushku had a, like a double or if mm-hmm. they, cause I know that they put the actors through like cheer and gymnastic yeah. camps, mm-hmm. but I don't know if she, that was her doing that combination. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, Missy's tryout was definitely one of my top favorite mm-hmm. scenes just because, um, by the time I think I saw Bring It On, she was Faith in Buffy to mm-hmm. me. And so I was like, oh my gosh, it's yeah. Faith from Buffy. Um, where she plays a very similar character. Really? Like, Eliza Dushku is always so good at playing that, like, I don't care what you think of me, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I would I'm, I would just as soon as, like, punch you in the face as look at you, mm-hmm. you know? And she does it so well. Um, so it's interesting that it's even a very similar character. But yeah, I like Missy's trial, and then I really like Torrance dancing on the bed, yes. which was not choreographed. That was all Kirsten Dunst. They were just like, do whatever you mm-hmm. want. And it it sort of like gave me flashbacks to like middle school, high yeah. school, when you just put music on and just like danced around your room. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really cool. I enjoyed that. But it made me think, too, because I started playing guitar in seventh grade, and by eighth grade, I was pretty decent at it. And I remember getting home in the afternoons and being the only one there. Because mm-hmm. my sister's at college now, and then, you know, my mom's at work or whatever. 
So I would plug in my amp and turn it really loud and just go nuts. Like right. in the living room, like yeah. jumping on the couches, jumping everywhere right. and just like letting it all out. Like the brother does. Like yeah. Cliff does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's what all I could think about, you know, for me and just, you know, just how you relate to moments about mm -hmm. that. It doesn't matter, you know, your background and stuff, but right. I don't know. I'm the same way. I really like the scene where Torrance realizes or Missy realizes that Torrance and them have stolen these other moves. Yeah. And at first she just leaves. Like right. she could have made a big scene, but she's like, nope, peace out. And then, right. you know, gets a, that whole scene, but she's like, get in. Right. And then she goes all the way to LA to go show her mm -hmm. Compton to show that. And I feel like it was important to see their background, see that school and see not just somebody on another national level or just even talk about, oh, they stole the moves. Like to see right. them performing it, seeing how well they do it and how well it goes over. And to see the shock of Torrance realizing, well, crap, like, we really did steal this. And like 20 minutes ago, I was willing to fight somebody because I thought this was so original. Right. Um, but I just love to see it. And I loved how the fact, too, of that cheer squad comes out, you know, approaches them almost, you know, one of them really just wants to beat the mess out of them. Right. But, you know, they're, you know, talking about how they have class and they're not going to do that. But I also love to see, too, because Kirsten Dunst just looks so uncomfortable in mm -hmm. that situation. Yes. And I know that's probably how I would be. Like, I'd right. be stepping all over my words trying to be like... Right. And even watching, I was like, explain yourself. Right. Let her know that that's not you. You didn't right. do this. This right. isn't like... And she just kind of sits there and takes the whole thing. Right. And then, you know, you know, briefly speaks up about, you know, I didn't right. know. Right. I didn't know. But to go from that moment and just, I don't know, it just shows a lot about all the characters and their, you know... There's some people that would have still fought it and done whatever in that moment. But right. I just really loved how you see a lot of the characters anyway in that moment. To see how they're going to grow. To see their personalities. To right. see, you know, the class of the one people or, you know, the one cheer squad that has come up. You know, that even though they have all the right in the world to be mad, instead they're going to be bigger than that. Right. They're going to come out and they're going to beat you just straight up instead of just beating you in the concrete. Right. So, that was my other one. Do you have any other ones? I had like a blank C where like I started to write another one and then I just no, didn't. No, I don't so. have any other ones. I had more quotes than okay. I did. Like I had a few favorite quotes. Um, Go, let's start that off. Go ahead. What you have for quotes? So um, my favorite, obviously, again, for my favorite scene of Missy's tryout mm -hmm. where um, they're, she's like, you know, do a cheer. And so she's like, repeat after me. And she does mm -hmm. the cheer. And then Missy goes, I transferred from Los Angeles. Your school has no gymnastics team. This is a last resort. Yes. <laughs> and she's like, okay, so I've never cheered before. So what? How about something that actually requires neurons? <laughs> that was literally my first quote. <laughs> yes. So that was like my favorite thing. Well, once again, it's just my favorite character. I love it. I love to you. A torch letter comes up and says, Missy's the poo, so take a big whiff. Yeah. <laughs> like they want her to go with... Is it Whitney's little sister? Whitney's little sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so she's the only one that wants her on the team. But like, she knows that despite her attitude, like she's good. Mm -hmm. You know, like she is a gymnast, and well, cheerleaders say, are too, gymnasts. Watching Whitney's sister try out, right? There's some more than just oh, that's her sister. Like right. the girl, if she had some personality, right. but like. Yes. Physicality, she was amazing. Like, right. The things that she did just in those moments, she's like, okay, you probably are a real cheerleader or gymnast somewhere in real life. Correct. But you just downplayed your personality yes. for this role. Yeah. But, I don't know. So that I could see so them really funny. wanting her to be there, but yes. Yeah. Then some of the, like, coming out of the 90s language, that was like, oh, that that used to be a thing. Mm -hmm. That was funny. <laughs> Missy's the poo, so take a whiff. 
I think about that now because that's another way of generational like realizing how older you're getting. Mm-hmm. When kids start using language and you're like, "That's not cool." Like, right? Shut what? up! I don't even just understand. Just talking English. Like, yeah. And it's like, man, I'm turning into my dad. For real. But and I oh still try gosh. to stay cool. We're just like, no, I'm gonna call people yeah. dudes and I'm just gonna do whatever and that's right. just who I am. But yeah. like, no. Yeah. We're getting old. For um, real. Twenty but, years since this movie came out. <laughs> I said about it at work because I've in like sidebar. I worked with, with Christy, and she was a cheerleader in middle school and high school. So I asked her, I was like, what did you think about this movie? Like, what did it mean to you? Right. And honestly, I probably asked her a little too early. Like, we just had gotten to work, and I was like, right. think deeply. Right. What did you think about bringing it on as a cheerleader growing right. up? But um, she just talked about how she loved it, and then, like for her, it really was a lot of the same experience because it got you excited for competitions because, right. honestly, like where we're from, I feel like schools and sports and cheerleading stuff has grown a lot since mm-hmm. in those past 20 years. Yeah. But back then, they did competitions, but you didn't really know much about them. Like, it wasn't as easy to see. You didn't have YouTube to just pull up and watch whatever things were going on. Um, and so, but she talked about that. And then we got to our meeting this morning, and Amanda, I think we used to be Amanda Bailey, but it's Amanda Thompson now. But mm-hmm. she was talking about, like, she was cheerleader growing up. Um, and she cheered with Christy's sister, Miranda. And talked about how, like, before every competition, they would get together and watch that movie. Mm-hmm. Just to get you excited, to get you in the spirit. And, like, it really made me think on the way over here. It's very similar for me, I guess, being, like, a car guy. That, like, I can still go back and watch Fast and Furious now all the time. Right. And you see past all the horribleness of these movies. Right. That, like, don't really hold up. They're not great. They weren't necessarily great in the first place. But you still right. love it because it's a passion you have. Um, and then to just to see... That was part of their life. Like... This is the first big thing, especially at that age, you know, being middle school, high school for them, where this movie comes out and it's promoting something that they really care a lot about. So, I don't know. For them, it's still set out uh, back to over here uh, in our favorite, let's see. Quotes. Uh, quotes, yes, sorry. One that stood out to me, and I don't know that it should be necessarily funny, but it just, like, set out where it says, let's go Toros. We are the Toros. The Mighty Mighty Toros. We're so terrific. We must be Toros. And I was like, what? What is it didn't even rhyme. No, but I was. Too it's bad. funny. Like, it made, me, it made me laugh, but I was like. Yeah. That's that must how, have been like, one of those cheers I made it themselves. I was like, that's so oblivious to like, yourselves that you're automatically just like, we, right. we're so terrific. We must be Toros. Um, my other favorite quote is Torrent says to Missy, he's your brother. You don't see him the way I do. And Missy says, and that's a good thing because that would be a crime. <laughs> <laughs> And it reminded me of when you used to have, like, little crushes on, like, mm-hmm. your friend's siblings. Sure. And it was just so funny because, like, they were always just like, ugh, gross. Like, ugh, what do you see? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, of course you don't see what I see because you're related. Yes. Like, it was just so funny because there was another scene where she, like, Torrance gets in bed because they're sleeping over. And mm-hmm. then Missy's just like, do you have a thing for my brother? And she's like, what? No. I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she totally does. So that was another one. Thankfully, my sister was like five years older than me. Yeah, so there was I didn't have to worry about it. But there is that weirdness though. I remember plenty of times like I'm not gonna say necessarily sisters, but maybe they had a cousin or something like that. But they were still all pretty close or whatever. Right. Um, One that stood out to me still was Missy. They showed off her angsty attitude, I guess again. But they're at the competition and they're in their like rooms about to sleep, and you hear some other team out there practicing. It's like super late at night. They're still practicing. She just opens the window and says, shut up. You don't have it yet. You don't have it. Give it up already. Like, it just pulls the drapes <laughs> yeah. down. And so, I don't know. It just reminds me of something that some friends, I guess, back in the day would probably do. It wasn't necessarily very nice, but it was just very random enough that it was funny. Yeah. Um, I guess the classic, too, that honestly, 
the more I thought about, the more you would remember from school mm-hmm. was these aren't spirit fingers. These mm-hmm. are spirit fingers. That's right. Yeah, that guy, man. He's I so much creepier whole, than I remember. He's so much. He is literally the worst. Like the stuff he says to mm-hmm. them, I, that was some of the didn't age very well no, bits no. because I was just like, you can't say that. No, you can't do that. There's right. things that he did. Yes. Like, it's like, no. Yes, you're like, mm, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that whole thing was really weird. Um, and then, oh, my last quote was uh, when Isis says, you want to make it right? Then when you go to nationals, bring it. Don't slack off because you feel sorry for us. That way, when we beat you, we'll know it's because we're better. And Torrance says, oh, I'll bring it. Don't worry. And she goes, I never do. <laughs> I was like, oh, I love her so much. Gabrielle Union in this movie mm-hmm. is just like chef's kiss. Like, there, she's, she gets it. She's, she's the award so winner. Good. She's so good. I kept waiting for the line that said, oh, it's already been brought in. But turns out that was from not another teen movie yes. that was making fun of yes. this movie. Yep. I think it was Carmen Electra that said. Yep. But yeah, there's some. It's funny how so many of those movies <laughs> run together in your brain at this oh, point. Oh, one hundred percent. Where like, oh, I remember that scene. It's like, actually that was the spoof movie. Yes. Because we also lived through the generation oh, of big spoof. These movies. movies made it. Let's make spoofs about all yes. of these movies. Yeah. And Scary I think movie. they still randomly do. But. Uh, yes, all of that. Um, okay, so what? Oh, sorry. Did you have any more questions? No, that was it. Okay. We're good. Uh, what worked the best? So, do you want to go first? You go. You're good. So, I put this movie works because of the way that Kirsten Dunst and Gabrielle Union played their characters, but arguably everything works because of the script. So, the script was mm-hmm. written by Jessica Bendinger. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie portrays cheerleaders as actual athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about it, they're more fit and more titled and winning um, a team than their football team. Mm-hmm which I think is really rare to That's show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think the movie handles the complex issues of like cultural appropriation mm-hmm. with finesse and surprising depth for a movie that was about cheerleaders. So I think that really worked um, really well. I know we've we've sort of talked about how parts of it didn't hold up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I looked up, because it was the 20th anniversary, I figured that there would be some articles on it. Sure. And ESPN.com actually had an article celebrating the 20th anniversary of Bring It On. And Katie Barnes, um, who was the author, wrote about how much she's loved this film over the last two decades. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to sort of bring in a quote from her article that kind of talks about all of that succinctly, Mm -hmm. way better than I could. And she says, what makes bringing on so good isn't the one-liners or the catchy cheers. It's It's that 20 years later, it's more relevant now than ever. The entire film is an exploration of appropriation and the way whiteness works in our culture. It tackles race, gender, and sexuality in stunning ways. And somehow, within 98 minutes, queer politics gets addressed too. It's a breakneck cultural mirror. It's a messy film, and not all of it age well. There are fat jokes, the use of the R word, blurred consent issues, slut-shaming jokes, and a particularly egregious ableist joke about a cheerleading injury. Among other faults in the PG-13 film... Still, it is a film that I love both for its messiness and for what it strives to be underneath misguided and dated locker room quips. It's both an artifact and a crystal ball. Um, And so I thought that was really interesting because I was also watching some stuff on YouTube where a guy was reviewing the film 20 years later Mm. and he missed... All of that. I mean, he, his thing was negative. So he was mm. like, this movie's terrible. It has terrible jokes. It's awful. The things they say are awful. It doesn't hold up well. You know, they played a lot of things for comedy that we know aren't funny. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't wrong, but he was writing off the entire film 
and forgetting what it got right and mm. what it says correctly. And even 20 years later, what a lot of people are still saying are relevant arguments. Um, and so I just really loved her sort of succinct summary of it because I feel like sometimes we do go back and we look at movies that we really loved and there are moments where we're like, you know, mm-hmm. like we wince. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to understand that like, you know, there are movies that their purpose, I think, moving forward is to make us uncomfortable and remind us of things we got wrong and things we mm-hmm. got right and things that maybe we're, we're still trying to be better at. And so I, I really think that the core of the movie, you know, like the idea that Torrance realizes that even though she didn't do anything wrong, mm-hmm. that something wrong has occurred and that it's up to her to make it right. And, you know, none of her and Gabrielle Union scenes are like, you know, let's fight it out. Let's have mm-hmm. this cat fight. Let's, you know, like everything is very cordial, but it's also understood that like, okay, you know, you didn't know what was happening. Now you do. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do do as well as you can until you know better and then do better. Mm-hmm. And instead of just being really like combative with her about it, Torrance is like, okay, I will. And you, like they're two leaders of teams who are elite athletes. And at the end of the day, it's about competition, but it's about competition when everyone is on a level playing field. Mm-hmm. And I just think that those two actors played those characters beautifully. And I think that the script was handled so well that it sort of rises above this idea of like, cheerleaders competing Mm -hmm. into something that has a really good message in it so something you pointed out too makes me think there's a lot of movies that honestly you probably could go back and just rule out now that say yeah it's really not worth watching now because it really is things that we shouldn't but there's so much more that you all just mentioned but there's so much more to it than the random other things um and you briefly you said something about it and made me think too like it's good to go back and see these things because now seeing it 20 years later and realizing, well, crap, I probably said some of that stuff. Right. The same way that's like these quick right. little funny jokes and one-liners that you realize in the movies, like, ugh, it makes you really uncomfortable. Like, you can't right. say that. Yeah. I probably did. Like, mm-hmm. well, I know I did, like, on some of that stuff because, and I'm not making an excuse for it, but the same way you said, like, I know better now. Right. Uh, and so it does make you look back at it and say, well, crap, like, I did say that. And I'm glad that I don't, you know, act that way anymore or think that way anymore. And it wants some, you know, even now it makes me look at my life now. It's like, well, if I did that 20 years ago, I know about it. I'm more aware and doing better. But is there anything in my life now that I need to be a little bit more aware of about how I do or say things? Right, yeah. Um, And I think, you know, that comes with growing. It does. But at the same time, there's still plenty of adults that talk and act and say horrible things that shouldn't be said. So, I don't know. Uh, Not to get on the soapbox, but to jump back over... Something I really liked about this movie, especially if you take it, you know, back from a full glance and see that it is a sports movie. I love that the Clovers win the championship. Yes. Because in most instances, in most sports movies, you know, the Toros are your main characters technically, like right. from the movies right. based on their perspective a lot of the time. So in a lot of it, in a lot of typical movies, they would have learned that they did wrong. Mm-hmm. 
worked really hard to come up with their own original thing. Right. Gain the respect of the people that they stole from originally mm-hmm. and win on their own because of that. Correct. Um, even halfway through the movie, because I hadn't seen it so long, my mind was, oh yeah, I forget they win the championship. Right. But then it's like, no, they don't. The Clovers actually win yes. the championship. And it's yes. like, I think it's very important because it shows these girls have had and guys have had the talent all along, but they just have never been able to, because right. of their economic situation and everything else, like they've never been allowed or never been able to get to this stage right. where it's a nationally competition, national competition on ESPN and everything else. So to see them finally get there, and it's not that they relied, they continually worked hard, and it just showed how good that they were. Right. Um, I don't know, just in a sports movie, most of the time, there's you know there's a few that sure the major, like the big team right. doesn't win. Well, and that, that's a, another thing that I feel like it the movie got right, um, is... Like one another quote um, that I was gonna save to the end because it, it kind of like who won the movie and it's mm-hmm. like well duh the Clovers won the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end, Cliff says, "So second place, how does it feel?" Mm-hmm. And Torrance says, "It feels like first. Yeah. And so w- the other really strong message I think of this movie, especially for like young impressionable athletes, mm-hmm. is winning is not everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you know that you've given it your best." And that you've competed against other people who are at their best. Again, like when the playing field is equal, Mm -hmm. when both teams were allowed to participate in nationals, they Mm -hmm. both were there, they got financial help to be there, Mm -hmm. and they both came with their own original routines, Mm -hmm. and they were both at their best, well then you can lose knowing that you competed fairly at the highest level. Mm And so coming in second place, but knowing that you didn't cheat to get the first, Mm -hmm. feels better than first if you cheated to be there. So I really, really love that the Clovers were the ones that won in Mm -hmm. the end. I don't know. Like I said, that was just my big thing was, I don't know, just remembering that last night as I was watching all these clips and just getting really excited and be like, well, finally, somebody did it right. Right. You go back and watch Mighty Ducks or anything else. And don't get me wrong, like I love Mighty Ducks, but every time it's like... You know they're going to be the underdogs, but here they come back and then they win the whole thing. Right. Um, I don't know. Do you have any other ones? No. Cool. No. Um, the next one's nitpicks, which I feel like we've pretty much covered. I had one. Okay, what's your one? And it's not really like a major thing, but like, where in the world was their coach? Or coaches? Right, like a, even like a faculty advisor. Yes. Like, where was a teacher there was that nobody was supposed to be the head this. of the, right, yeah. Because I think, and I mean, maybe it's different in other places. Maybe but California, school, yeah, like, every school we've to been have to, a student captain. There's been, you know, you had captains or lead cheerleaders. Right, but you had adult supervision. Yes. Yes. In the same way, like, because I, you know, I put it two ways in my thinking about it, or thought about it earlier, is the coach would have shut it down from the beginning, right. knowing, like, okay, you're stealing cheers, this is over. Right. But how much different of a movie? Not much different, but just another angle is: what if the coach was the one stealing these right. things? Right, because then it's an adult. Like, how yeah. do you go against? And how do you that? go? Like, yeah, that is. So it's, it doesn't change the movie for the worse at that point. It's just another obstacle they have to tackle in the midst of that. Right. So, so my only nitpick, and I'm going to be really vague about it mm-hmm. because, again, this is a family podcast. <laughs> sort of, it hasn't been since I joined, but it has roots in in trying to be family friendly. The family has grown. To be a little bit more mature. Family, uh, right, 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 right. Um, so, so there is a running bit in this movie that I totally forgot about. Um, that we briefly mentioned already when I talked about like how the movie maybe doesn't deal so well with issues of like consent mm-hmm. um, in romantic liaisons. 
And so I totally forgot about that bit and it made me so uncomfortable. It was the it was like the rest of it I could kind of be like we've gotten better. Yeah. We you know like like I understand why this like played for comedy at the time and mm. I like again I I get that this movie is a product of its time to a certain extent, but I was just like not this would not. This uh-huh. would not be okay now it's not funny like Mm -hmm. it was there and any adult who watches this movie is going to know exactly what i'm talking about without me having to talk about it but Mm -hmm. i just was like i can't believe they got away with that like it was just egregious Mm -hmm. so anywho yeah that was my one nitpick where i was like that like oh anyway well it's funny like it's not funny but they take we talked about the spoof movies Mm-hmm. That's the type of things they take and then exploit it beyond imagine right. in the spoof. Right. Movies. Yes. Yes. It's like overly sexualized everything. Like they take what was already wrong to begin with and then just overly sexualize it. Correct. In the spoof ones. Correct. Um, that's the only thing I wrote. The same thing it was just like there's a lot of stuff, things that don't hold up. Either just terms that are said or words or just things that are said in general. The sexual harassment, the random things that happen, that like, you know, back then it was just like oh haha like no that's it's not right now. But either way, like I say, overall, the movie's much better than those few moments. So, right. um, did you have any questions about this movie, number six, that may have been left unanswered? Um, not particularly. I don't think it was not necessarily really. a question I left with. My thought was just where did they go from here? Right. Like, right, right, right. Yeah. There's been a billion sequels or you yes. know, other bring it on. Not movies. a single one has had an original cast member. No. But yeah, and there's been like a billion direct to video mm-hmm. sequels to this. Yeah. I saw one was like even like two thousand seventeen, like to realize it was only a couple years ago. Like that that was the most recent. No. But shut, shut it down. Wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like it's one of those things that are going back now even with Mighty Ducks where like one of the T V I don't remember if it's Disney or whoever but has picked it up where they're making a Mighty Ducks like T V series now. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. imagine it's gonna be more of a teen drama type movie like right. series. And so I think it could be good, but the same way it's, you know, do these girls go off and end up cheering at the same college together? You know, if they're both South of California, you know, do they take the, the captains from, you know, the two winningest teams in the Nationals or whatever, first and second, and all of a sudden they're on the now. Right. You know, so I don't know. It's just thoughts where your brain can just wander. They're like, where do they end up? And does, you know, Missy go on? Does she become like, I really like being a cheerleader now? Or does she's like, okay, that was fun. Now back to like Olympic gymnast now. Right, like, exactly. continues on in her thing. Um, I don't know. It's always just fun to kind of lean into that, but that was honestly the only thing else I had for that. Uh, random section? I used to have a giant crush on Eliza Dushka. Is that how you say Dushka, last I Dushka. think. Dushka, yeah. I think. Yeah, I remember this. is probably one of the first ones as like a teenage boy that I was like, oh my gosh, let me idolize you just for a few moments. Right, because right, right, right. I want to see every scene you're in and not like in a young perverted way, but just like in a oh man, I have a crush on this lady. Like, mm-hmm. this is the type of person I would want to date now that I'm at an age where I'm starting to date people. That's where I found out this is what I like. like okay. Go. Um, that's not, like, important, but it's just, like, that's what I thought about yeah. as soon as I remember the movie. That's, like, a little fun tidbit. Yeah. Do you have anything? Mine was, and I, I mentioned it to you earlier, I laughed hysterically 
her little brother, towards his little brother, is like this fun kind of like random character that appears every once in a while uh-huh. just to get on her nerves. And uh-huh. I have a younger brother, and so like I was feeling the aggravation. I was the younger brother. Um, my God, I just was like, oh, that little uh-huh. jerk. Uh-huh. But it was so funny because at the very end national scene when they're competing, it shows her parents and their little brother is there, and uh-huh. he's got that T-shirt that says cheerleading equals death. Yes. And I was like, man, little brothers are the worst. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was so funny that she's so into cheerleading and her brother is just like death to all cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. Like, he's so against it. It's hilarious. The only other thing I've... It doesn't really have to do with the movie, but did you ever watch the series Cheer on no. Netflix? No. I would suggest it. Okay. Knowing the type of things you like. Okay. Um... I started watching it. Honestly, it was just random thing that just kept constantly popping up. And I think it was one of the ones where it was new. Mm-hmm. And so after I watched something else, it finally just kind of started on its own. Right. And I was like, okay, well, we'll watch this. Like, you know, and I imagined it to be honest with what I thought this movie was. Right, right. Like, before I started watching right. it. And it's really cool to see how hard these ladies and guys work to become cheerleaders. Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, I think it's almost like a junior college level, if I'm remembering right, I could be wrong. Okay. But it's right about that age group. And just, it shows, like, the hardcoreness of this, like, what right. they do. Like, they love it, but it's their life. And it shows people yeah. getting, like, horribly injured and everything else. Oh, yeah. And that you don't see, like, you know, and even, I don't know, it makes me think back to whenever I've talked to Christy at work, where she's talked about, like, she got her teeth kicked out or, like, her nose broke. Like, just at mm-hmm. your practices, where it's like you're working on routines. And it's not that anybody's clumsy. It's not anything else. It's just right. like this is a sport, and this is athletic, and this is things that happen. Right. Um, so I don't know. I was just I haven't gone back and watched it, you know, again. But I did watch the whole series through, uh, and it was done. It was done in a really good way uh, to deal with what they would be dealing with at that age, mm-hmm. and even like becoming adults and everything else, mm-hmm. um, and it, even like going forward, like where they're going to go from like junior college or wherever it is to the next level for them. But it was a lot better than I anticipated. So, moving forward, what's your what the what moment? The moment where you geeked out the most. So, I think that my... It had to be the routines at the end. Mm -hmm. So, getting to see both the Clovers and the Toros do their final Nationals performance. And it's like a really good way that the movie sort of culminates. But... I just really love a good cheer or dance routine. Like, mm-hmm. I love to watch choreography. Like, mm-hmm. the, the idea of people, like, moving in sync to me is just so mesmerizing. And I really also love watching people accomplish things together. Like, mm-hmm. I cannot watch the Olympics. Like, mm-hmm. when the Olympics rolls around, I have to watch, like, highlights and stuff because I will cry. Like, yeah. when, when people, and especially groups of people, like, overcome things to to win like and then an entire like stadium full of people is cheering them on i just lose it like yeah. i cry so so i didn't cry at the end of bring it on but i just really loved watching yeah. the final routines mine's the same um and really it's the same way being a teenage boy watching this for the first time and seeing this it made me realize like oh wow this actually happens because even in high school like i didn't see that like i would hear about the cheerleading team going off to cheer competitions but you didn't see that often. You just saw them cheering at games or at basketball or football or whatever else or doing pep rallies. But you didn't see like the hardcore competitions and the full-blown choreography and everything else that they do here. Uh, so that was eye-opening for me. And honestly, just I love seeing that. I'm the same way where it really reminded me of like Pitch Perfect. Now mm-hmm. I'm seeing it now. 
and being like this is where they've worked hard and they've come up with their own thing and they really put it together and like their hard work has paid off for them like no matter win lose like you did an awesome job at right that. so same way with that I go back with Pitch Perfect and watch it and we'll do that at some point too but mm-hmm. I get the same way where there's just like you know they're a mixed you know ragtag team of people put together at this but they're really supportive and they end up doing an amazing job and then I don't know same yeah. thing that's what I that's what I stuck with with that one uh, who won the movie I think you kind of jumped to that earlier mm-hmm. I'm torn with it because I totally agree but the only thing I said different was I think both teams won and I think I may be overgeneralizing the team, just the teams. But I right, feel right. like at least the Clovers win as a team because they finally get mm-hmm. the, you know, they deserve. Mm-hmm. And then you also have uh, Torrance that finally, she has grown so much in that. And I feel like that is worn off on her team as well, where the rest of her team now appreciates this and realizes right. like, okay, seeing them in person, seeing them do their routine, right. make sure I was like, oh, well, like, I'm glad you know, for them, and we did right. rip them off. Right. I'm glad of what we were able to accomplish together. Like, I felt right. there was a much better ending than what it could have been. You know, it could have been really bad. But right. that's the only reason I would think so. But I, I guess since my half and your, your whole, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. means the Clovers win because Eric's yeah. not here to vote against yeah. that. Sure. So, <laughs> so we'll just say you win this time. Correct. So I get a half point and you get a point. Okay. I think Eric I like finally it. got one last time. He or did. Whenever. He did. We all tied last time. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I think okay. that means you're ahead. Yes. I don't know. We're not really keeping tally. I'm, I'm just trying ahead. to think of that. Like, how did this happen? Because I think you we won one. We should get a whiteboard one. to put on, yes. like, with points. And that, or we'll just start scratching it into Ricky's, into wall, Ricky's wall. And do it, like, down at the oh, bottom man. so he doesn't right. see it until we, like, right. years from like, now when he's selling the, it. What are they doing? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so fun facts. Mm-hmm. I took it down to two per person. That's just because, you know. I threw in a bunch just to make sure I had enough. Okay. So, do you want to start? Oh, you can go first. Okay, so um, Gabrielle Union was almost not in the movie. Mm-hmm. I wanted this to be my fun fact because I talked about how amazing she was. Mm-hmm. So Union plays um, Isis almost appeared in, almost did not appear um, in the 2001 cheer movie Bring It On. Instead, or sorry, um, yes, yes, yes. Instead, she um, went out for a role in another cheer movie that was being made at the time, mm-hmm. Sugar and Spice. Um, sorry, 2000. I don't know why 2001. Anyway, so I'd never heard of Sugar and Spice. I remember it. Apparently, it's about cheerleaders who also are bank robbers. Mm -hmm. Bananas. So, anyway, she was speaking to MTV a few years ago about it, and she said that her decision came down partially to which film she thought was um, dedicated more to diversity in the Mm -hmm. cast. Um, and she actually went out for Sugar and Spice, but they were going a different direction, mm-hmm. quote unquote, with the characters. Um, and so she thought it was really interesting when she was doing this MTV interview that the the movie that didn't want to commit to diversity it didn't seem to do as well as the movie that was committed to mm-hmm. like telling a diverse story. So I thought that was interesting that she mentioned that um, because I have, in fact, never heard of Sugar and Spice. So I think Bring It On definitely stood the test of time. Where Sugar and Spice did not. It's so. another one of those age type movies. I'll be honest, I don't remember hardly anything about it other than I think they wear masks at some point. Okay. Um, but I do like to add on to that, like Kristen Dunst wasn't, I don't think, the original choice for this movie. Correct. Because they wanted the girl that was in Sugar and Spice, I think was originally yes. they envisioned. Yes. And I can see her in my mind. I can't yeah, think yeah, of the yeah. lady, I can't, I can't think, think of her, of her name. name. But um I can see her, but um I don't know, it's just cool to see how it all worked out knowing that another movie was being made in a very similar at least topic. 
Right. Um, but that leads me to my fun fact. It was okay. uh, Jessica, is it Bendinger? B- Bend- Bendinger, I think. Yeah. Yep, that works. Wanted to make a documentary on the national cheerleading competition that began running on ESPN in the mid-1980s, but none of her colleagues at MTV News seemed interested, so she ended up writing a script. Uh, called Cheer Fever, which is what this mm-hmm. one was originally called. Yes. So she wanted it more so to be like a documentary style thing. And Interesting. To look back as a whole, like you can see a lot of that influence still stuck in there. We yeah. learn a lot about cheerleading because right. of it. What's your other So fact? my other one is <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, so uh, I get to shamelessly use a throwaway line from okay. this movie to talk about my, my other passion, which is true crime. Mm-hmm. You know, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um and there is a scene between Torrance and her mother in this movie where mm-hmm. Torrance says, you know, mothers have killed to get their daughters on squads. And her mother goes, that mother didn't kill anybody. She hired a hitman. <laughs> and that is a true story. Mm-hmm. Let me briefly tell you about it. Wanda Webb Holloway is a woman from Channelview, Texas, known for attempting to hire a hitman to kill the mother of her daughter's junior high school cheerleading rival. The plan ultimately failed when the man she asked to perform the hit turned her into the authorities. Holloway had an intense desire for her daughter Shannon to be a cheerleader, and in 1991, when Shannon narrowly missed out on a spot on her junior high school squad, Holloway asked her ex-boy brother-in-law, Terry Harper, to hire a hitman to kill Verna Heath, mother of the 14-year-old girl who had beaten her daughter into the squad. Holloway believed that Heath's daughter would be so devastated by her mother's death that she would drop out of the cheerleading team, thereby giving the spot to Shanna. However, unknown to Holloway, Harper had gone straight to the police after she approached him. She was arrested the next day. That's crazy. So just so you know, that throwaway line was actually based on a real true crime story that actually happened. There you go. It's like, there's so much in depth that I want to say about that. But it's just like, no. Because Eric, it's, I've watched so many things mm-hmm. because of like Erica loves mm-hmm. stuff like that. That I've literally, you know, you go to sleep at night watching... Um, Forensic Files and everything oh, else. like Forensic Files, Unsolved Mysteries, yes. so, all of that. Um, and I'm pretty sure that when I heard that line, mm-hmm. I knew to go look that up mm-hmm. because I think my favorite murder, one of their episodes, they mm-hmm. covered that story. And so the idea of a woman hiring a hitman over cheerleading like rang a bell in mm-hmm. my head. And I was like, I bet they based that quote on a true story. Yeah. So I went and found her. Well, especially this junior, like, so you're, you like our middle school. Yeah. Like, middle school. You're so not, not even in high school. school. Like, it's this isn't like middle school thing. cheerleading. Yeah. That's crazy. Bananas. Uh, my favorite f- or another fun fact is one that I hate that Eric's not here for this week. Okay. Cause it's the perfect setup for Eric. Okay. Uh, where he typically does this no matter what anyway, like in our podcast episodes, mm-hmm. but this is finally like my alley-oop to him to dunk in, but he's not here. But, uh-huh. uh, this beloved film was adapted for the stage in 2011 with the help of Hamilton creator Lin-Manuel Miranda. Miranda wrote all the music for the show and earned two Tony nominations for Best Musical and Best Choreography. Nice. Now's when we need Eric jumping in singing Hamilton. I know, right? But he's this not This would here. be the perfect segue. We could do a five-minute just Eric singing Hamilton Showtime, right showtime. <laughs> what? <laughs> we missed out. We missed out, Eric. We, we need out. you. We miss you. That's right. I guess we'll just have to wait for it, wait for it. Oh, <laughs> Oh, man, guys, that oh. Hamilton episode is coming up in November. We promise it's going to be epic. It's going to be big. There's going to be light, smoke, camera, mm-hmm. action. It's going to be amazing. Ricky found out that we're doing that. 
and he said, do I just need to leave you guys a key to lock up? And he said, because I know it's just going to be like three hours of Correct. everybody singing. Correct, yes. And I was 100%. like, well, it'll probably be me sitting in the room watching them sing. Yes. Like, and so we'll just sit there and like I'll bring dinner and just eat and hang mm-hmm. out and mm-hmm. watch y'all sing for like a couple hours. Yep. Or just reenact the entire thing. Absolutely. You know, we'll take a break and then we'll do a second episode yes. to just finish it out. Yes. Um, with that said, though, we're going to jump to social media shout outs. Uh, we kind of were a little lax on it this time, but also... I feel like it just depends because you either like this type of thing or like some right. of our fans that may be more into action movies and everything else, maybe not so much into, you know, to this type of thing. Right. Um, but it was also in case you're right, it said I sing the opening song multiple times a day. Funny thing, I don't ever remember actually sitting down to watch the movie, but I remember almost every scene. Uh, Brittany Dennis said, I literally watched this movie on repeat. I wanted to be a BA as I thought the Clovers were or as such. Chris Rode says, I can't say I was a huge fan of this movie, but it was entertaining. But I did have a bright orange shirt that said cheerleaders or dancers who have gone. I stopped because I don't like saying that last word. Um, in high school is when I had it said. Obviously, it didn't go over well with the cheerleaders at school. Um, I don't know. It, it's We talked about it briefly, and not to go on a big spill, but like even to see my friends. like It makes you happy about mm-hmm. your choices. Where it's like, right. you know, you're an adult now as well, and you look back at things, and you're just like... I didn't have a shirt, but you did that had a shirt from this, you know, a line from this movie that said things that you're probably not really proud of now, but right. like, and you wore it around and loved it then because it was funny. Right. But now to look back and say, okay, yeah, right. I'm not even going to post this on social media. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, good yeah. on you, Chris. Good on you. Is that all for social media? That was it. Okay. We wow. had a bunch of likes. Nice. There's a bunch of people that liked right. a lot of the pictures right. and liked a lot of the stuff, but. I feel like Bring It On is maybe the kind of movie that invites that kind of thing where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I like that movie, mm-hmm. but then you don't really have a comment. For yeah. It. <laughs> There's a lot of things you don't maybe remember if you only saw it like once or twice. Right. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Either way. Well, I mean, that was that was good. 20 years. Again, I feel old. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you can say this movie was made at the turn of the century. I just really like saying that. The turn of, it makes us feel like. Ancient. Yes. Well, it makes us feel like regal. (laughs) Also, I think of 2000, not just the 2000s, but 2000 Mm -hmm. as like a few years ago. Yes. I I feel like 10 years tops like at the most. Yeah. I don't want to think about it being. Mm -hmm. Well, the fact that I graduated 15 years ago now, like it's really weird Mm -hmm. and I don't enjoy that. I don't like that. Hated that. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Hmm. um, Okay. A big thank you to Ricky Lyles for his contributions to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did and that you're as pumped for the rest of this journey into pop culture as we are. Next week, we're yep. switching it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. We are going to tackle top mixtape songs. I'm excited for this. Yeah, this is going to be great. I feel like I'm a big music person. Mm-hmm. We're all big music people. Mm-hmm. Uh, music means a lot to me. It has through my life. And um, not to tie it back again to bring it on, but I know you and I discussed there's a, there's a scene in this movie mm-hmm. where... Torrance has given a mixtape or a tape of um, him actually performing a song for her, mm-hmm. but it's a cassette tape yes. um, for anyone under the age of like 2015 who doesn't know what a cassette tape is. It mm-hmm. was what we had between uh, eight tracks and CDs. So I feel like we are sort of the perfect age for that idea of like burning a CD with all your favorite songs on it for mm-hmm. a friend or a significant other or someone that you care about. And mixtapes have been around for a long time um, in many different forms. And so I'm really excited because I feel like this really opens up the floor for our listeners on social media and for us to just really 
go nuts about what our favorite songs are and what music has meant to us through the years and what ways we've shared it with other people. So Is that something we need to establish though? Like who is this mixtape for? Oh, okay. Maybe we should because that why would change we, the songs you put on. Why don't we open that up to social? Okay. So, you know, if if we're gonna have parameters for the episode, so let's say you're making a mixtape for XYZ. Mm-hmm. What are the top three or five songs or whatever? So let's see if they want to do. You're making a mixtape for like your summer, or a mixtape for your significant other, or a mixtape for your crush who's not yet your significant yep. other, or a mixtape for like your best friend where you want to talk, you know, like all the songs about what your friendship is about. I don't know. We could go in so many different directions. So, well, I feel like that's the thing too because it's tough for narrowing it down to, to three or five or whatever. Right. Or a mixtape for like when you need to break up with someone. That's true. Like here, just listen to this mixtape and talk to it. Yeah. Like, and it's like you hope you didn't put anything in there that has subliminal messages. Right, like, right, Oh, right. I really love you too. Right. Like, that's not what I That's not what I meant. <laughs> I love that he was screaming. I didn't know what he was saying. But, right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, maybe we'll, let's open it up on social media and see, uh, what the fans want to do, what, what the listeners want, want to define our mixtape as. So be watching social media, folks. So yeah, let be us watching know. social media. Start commenting, let us know, who should we be writing or making this mixtape? That's right, that's right. Who should we be giving our, uh, family desktop a lime wire disease mm-hmm. for yes. <laughs> to make this It's going to crash in the next, like, that's months, right. but we're going right. to break CDs out. We are, we are. <laughs> cool. Okay, I think that's it. So, until next time, I'm going to steal Eric's line because I didn't come up with one of my own. He steals yours all the time. So, okay. stay as cool as the other side of the pillow, and we will see you next week. What the what? Bye! Bye.